The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome everyone to Neo Reality Collective. And we're back again everybody with the news. Not really, we're actually back with reviews. <laughs> now we're finally getting into the Disney Plus exclusive event. Because they're never going to release this on TV and they're probably never going to release it on Blu-ray and DVD, which saddens me. But yeah, we're here. After months, after a year of waiting, we got the next chapter in Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni's epic masterpiece of the Star Wars shared universe that is definitely not connected to the Rise of Skywalker saga. And I still am so mad about sequel trilogy stuff. Uh, we're back in the past with the original trilogy with the Book of Boba Fett. This has been a series that has been hotly talked about on the grounds that it was originally going because during the heyday of the sequel trilogy and Star Wars stories films they were originally going to go ahead and produce a Boba Fett movie either a Boba Fett story taking place before Empire and Return of the Jedi which they already kind of did because it's called the War of the Bounty Hunters event because you had to overblow it to the extreme or you could go ahead and talk about how he survived the Sarlacc pit and make a saga out of it. But then the plan was scrapped after the failure of the sequel trilogy as a whole, creatively speaking, and the, Star and the failure of the solo of Star Wars story financially. It ultimately came to, well, we can't do this anymore, so we gotta move into another direction. So, a lot of the work got reconfigured, and we got a new story with The Mandalorian. A series that is so great, and makes me cry myself to sleep when I have to remember, Oh, wait, that means the sequel trilogy still counts, I think. I mean, like, at this point, they should just do a climactic event where they alter the timeline. That's just wishful thinking on my part. But, uh, yeah. And then they were teasing that, wait, is Boba Fett coming back? And then they finally revealed him in season two, badass as ever. Especially when he did his debut, Ooh, wearing the armor again after his mysterious armor was taken from him by the Jawas. Yeah, you saw that coming because the Jawas suck. But, uh, yeah. He somehow survived the Sherlock Pit, and he has a new girl on his side, at his side, named Phrenic Shod. You know, badass mofo who's the actress who's also in her 50s, so... And you keep looking at her and thinking, wait, that's... she's in her 50s? She looks to be in her 30s. She moves like she's in her 30s. Damn you advancements in medical science! So, yeah. At this rate, we're going to become post-humans and somehow blow ourselves up afterwards, but, uh... Let's just digest all the content we can get out of this before that happens. 
But yeah, after the events of Mandalorian Season 2, we eventually got Boba Fett showing up at this at the throne of Jabba, now run by uh, his former lackey, who decided to really grow in his weight, because apparently anyone who sits on the throne gets obese. Because reasons? Uh... That happened. He kills the guards. He ki he and Phoenix shot kill the guards, and he kills Babata, whatever his name was. In fact, I kept thinking, wait, wasn't he on the on the sail barge? Shouldn't he have been dead? And yet he survived. And he heck, even legends have this. Like he somehow survived the events of Episode Six, even though he was seen on the ship. So. Unless he has a twin, which would be very convenient. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, it's confusing, I know. Uh, Star Wars timeline is not perfect. And made even more complicated. But yeah, so... Boba Fett sat on the throne, and I immediately am thinking... Man, I wish he was the Game of Thrones winner. <laughs> oh, man. Because, let's be real, him sitting on that throne is badass, while Fennec goes ahead and takes a drink out of blue water and just smirks and looking at him because she's kind of indentured servitude to him as Sora, their partners, but Boba Fett saved her life after the events of Season 1 of Mandalorian, and, and therefore she's pledged her loyalty to Boba Fett, so Boba Fett has an ass kicker on his side. I'm pretty certain he's not going to get that love interest from the Legends timeline, though, because by now it's probably too late. But yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes if they ever bring her in. But yeah, Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett finally launched today. I watched the first episode, and let's get right into everything. This is the book of Boba Fett. It's episode one and chapter one. <laughs> Be right back after these messages. Welcome back everyone from our ad, and let's get right into chapter one of The Book of Boba Fett. So we cut to this fat palace of Jabba the Hutt, which is now the palace of Jabba of the palace of Boba Fett the first, because he's basically the only clone left standing that, you know, got a happy ending of sorts. Yeah, we don't know what happened to the... Like, okay, so this is a thing that bugs me in the sequel timeline. They say that the clones are extinct. Except for one, because Disney had a dark sense of humor that day. Um, How do the clones go extinct? Like, I know they have accelerated aging, but when they have the technology... When they by now found a cloning facility technology that would help reduce that problem and Boba Fett is now and since we haven't seen any of the clones at all like millions were fired after Palpatine was put, decided to say hey I'm going to be an idiot for a day and fire all the clones in order to hire cheap stormtroopers because that's a thing and blow up the Camino research facility they had in the Bad Batch yeah, you see the problem here? But yeah, the accelerated aging that could explain what happened and they never found another facility that could help reduce that problem. But I'm at that point thinking, 
couldn't Boba Fett have done something? Like he, like in the Legends timeline, he did lead the remaining clones of the Clone Trooper Army of the Grand Army of the Republic and try to help them as much as he could. And then Mandalore became blocked for any clone facility about to they poison the atmosphere with it. It, it. And that was never resolved because the Disney reboot happened. So, yeah. And in that timeline, Man Boba Fett was Mandalore. <sighs> kind of fitting now. Boba Fett's now the crime lord. Or now. And Mandalorian Din is Mandalore of Mandalore. Yeah, he's confusing. He's Mandalore the traditionalist you can go with. Uh, but yeah. Uh, it, it bugs me that the clones never got a better ending that they did. Instead, they're now all miserable and probably all dead by the time the original trilogy ended. Except for Rex, probably. He's probably still alive. But, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we cut to that facility. We cut to that building, and the throne is emptied because Boba Fett is revealed to be sleeping in a bactopod. Because, you know, he has a bunch of injuries to him, and, you know, he's, well, at an age where he has to recover after the extensive pain he was in when he has to remember, Oh, wait, my father's dead. Oh, wait, I was on Camino. Oh, God, it was never-ending. Then he remembers waking up in the Sarlacc pit, finding a stormtrooper that died, and, well, he had to take his oxygen mask, which was probably sickening, considering all the slime in there, and, you know, because he's one of the best bounty hunters in the galaxy, he ignites fire to them, causing a digestive explosion where he escapes somehow. And Boba Fett rises from the sand, looking as pissed off as ever, like, yeah! And whatnot. Like Rocky. But yeah, he falls asleep unconscious as the Jawas arrive at night and basically strip him of his equipment. So we at least now know where that other guy gets it. <laughs> yeah. And he wakes up to try and take it back, and, well, the Jawas knock him out. So, thanks Jawas, your compassion will never be forgotten. Which I mean, I'm pretty sure he'll find you and blow you up later. So Tusken Raiders then find him all unconscious, and, well, because the Tuskens are both crazies, he's, okay, yeah, let me, let me go back. So it turns out the Tuskens, the Tusken Raiders in this new continuity, are basically the Native Americans of Tatooine. They are the indigenous people, and the off-wilders kind of, you know, were assholes and kicked them out, and now they got reduced to their primitive state. Yeah, why? why? I, I thought there was something else to them. But, okay. Or, so, yeah. And also, if I recall correctly, I thought Darth Vader slaughtered all of them in his free time in the comics. Yeah, that's the thing he does whenever he goes back to Tatooine during between episodes 4 and 5. He went to Tatooine and to deal with Jabba because Palpatine knew it would make him bad because he knows the significance of that place is bad to him. So after he had after he made his deal with Java, he says, "I'm going." He decides to pull an Alucard from Team Four Star series of Castle of, uh, uh, of that Ultimate Sin Bridge, and just says, "I'm going for a walk." Oh God! And the Tuskens immediately felt fear in their spines, realizing, "Oh God, we're the walking entertainment." 
and he subsequently slaughters them. But yeah, uh, Boba Fett is kind of having a bad day. He's being dragged because giant mammoths and Tusken Raiders are kind of sickening. Then he collapses and gets himself dragged throughout the entire desert because they have a sick sense of humor. And, well, he's trapped in the desert and a child goes ahead and messes with him because children are kind of horrible people these days. They're finding entertainment and beating him because, yeah. And then they knock him out. Then Bobo in his backup pot wakes up again and he wakes up again to see a Rodian. So, yeah. Boba tries to escape after confronting a after dealing with a creature and knocking him out. Yeah, a massive, a massive. He tries to tries to cut the Rodian's things, and well, that didn't end well. He goes to try and see if he could kill one of the Tusken Raider children. Come after him, and he knocks them down. He looks like he's about to kill them, but then he realizes, oh, he's just a boy. Okay, uh, I'm not Darth Vader, so I'm not gonna go ahead and have mild entertainment out of that. So he makes a run for it and battles the massive until the Tuscan leader goes ahead and tells the tells the creature to restrain himself and he summons his best warrior to battle him in mortal combat. Yeah, he gets his ass kicked and gets knocked out again, so uh Yeah. That ended well. So we flash back to now as Boba Fett is wakened by Phoenix Shaw telling him to wake telling him to wake up, up saying that uh well he has a court hearing to basically go to. And he emerges as they just say, as he says, the dreams are back. And Phoenix said, says time to go. They lined up to pay respects, as in pay tribute to him because he's badass. And Phoenix tells them that, oh, I'll let them know you're on your way. He gets dressed and goes all badass in his gear along with Phoenix. And he tons his helmet ready to start fighting. Not really, he's sitting on his throne. Oh, someone goes ahead and delivers stacks of coins to him. Um, and he just said, and he's just like, then so after the creature leaves, after the alien leaves, uh, he goes ahead, nods his head to him like, I will take your money. But then he turns to Frenick and they do this line that I'm thinking, Shouldn't he know that since everyone thinks he's the best? And I'm that guy that's thinking this kind of sounds like they're trying to make their own style of humor yet also be Marvelish. Because he then says, Did you understand what he said? Something about friendship? We really need a blasted protocol droid. So, yeah. So, ADA goes ahead and presents the leader of the Jerusalem family and the protectors of the city center and business territories. He's both at just comments saying, weird, I used to work for him. And it says, it's even weirder for him. So, yeah. Yeah, he gives a thousand, thousand times to the new daimyo. Oh, and Boba Fett welcomes him and on to be welcomed and say he's honored and he presents a, what looks to be a, uh, you know, the equivalent of those bear rugs. <laughs> yeah. And after he gets... And Boba Fett just makes another comment saying, even when a condition pays you a compliment, it sounds like a threat. Ah, Boba, you really... Go ahead and uh, 
really trying to not make this work humorally with his bland delivery and the humor like oh my god I can't believe I have to do this now but I'm also the badass so I get to do whatever I want so then the mayor's assistant comes in because the mayor is thinking he's better than him basically and the Twi'lek goes ahead okay so this thing about this Twi'lek that bugged me so the Twi'lek in this scene the assistant of the mayor who I'm pretty sure the mayor was thinking, okay, I'll send the Twi'lek assistant because he's going to get killed probably because in the Star Wars universe, despite everything the Twi'leks do, they seem to always destined to be subservient to a higher form of power because, of course. He does not... He said... He, he... Okay. I don't know why. I feel like the Twi'leks have a different, different thing to them in their presentation and they also have a French accent to them. Yeah, that, that's the thing I've learned when I was watching Rebels. They have a accent to them that they keep hidden from time to time. Yeah. So, when this guy's talking, I'm thinking, okay, are you a Twi'lek or someone who's cosplaying as one? Because the way you come off sounds like you're that stuttering assistant that doesn't like, uh, uh, well, you, uh, uh see, I am currently, uh, dealing with, uh, presentations and whatnot, uh, uh, I am kind of awkward in my, uh, delivery. Like those awkward scientific, trying to sound scientific by saying, uh, and, uh, and, uh, in those <laughs> asylum movies. But, yeah. So... He basically offers no tribute. He just says he bears the mayor's heartfelt welcome. And I'm pretty sure Boba's like, yeah, that's a stupid thing. But yeah. Um, Finnick says, you bring no tribute. And the Twilight just says the mayor's heartfelt welcome. And regrets that he's drawn away by pressing matters, my lady. And Finnick says, if you had spoken such insolence to Java, he would have fed you to his menagerie. Oh, apologies, apologies. I am definitely not trying to get my ass kicked. Tell the mayor I'm here now. He knows. Yes, he knows. Uh, I'm definitely not a death sentence. Perhaps another time. Next. And... Yeah, the mayor has the balls to demand the assistant to demand Boba Fett. Yeah, can you give me payment? And... Yeah... Yeah, while they could kill him, Frenick suggests that because, you know, Frenick is also crazy at times. Uh, he just says, no, he works for the mayor because that's a stupid idea and we can't get on the mayor's bad side, not yet at least. So, Frenick just says, Lord Fett, which sounds badass, offers the gift of your leave unmolested. So, she's not going to kill him. So, <laughs> yeah. So the assistant lives another day. So Bib Faton owns guards. They did not surrender even after their leaders were killed and they were captured to be tribute. And well, Boba Fett just says, well, I'm not going to torture them. I don't do torture. 88 says, well, respectfully, Lord Fett, on Tatooine, you must project strength. And Boba Fett just says this, I will spare your lives if you pledge loyalty to me, saying you were loyal to both your bosses, Logamoran's grunt, would you be loyal to me if I were to spare you? And they kneel and bow. 
Brandon says, yeah, this is a bad idea. Yeah, that's gonna probably come back to bite her when she realizes, oh wait, that's not gonna work out. That's actually gonna work in our favor. So, yeah, Fennec is Fennec goes ahead and gives Boba Fett the advice of, yeah, you should have just let them carry you on a litter, on a leader, because, and saying, they're used to seeing the huts parade around the streets. I would like to say for the record that the huts are gigantic, slow-moving creatures. Maybe they're just super lazy. Also, are they? And people sometimes people are wondering why the huts aren't really, you know, take trying to take back control. Well, if the continuity is still intact with the TV shows and the comics, yeah, they're, they're not going to do anything because uh, the hut organizations kind of in the crapper at the moment because if I recall correctly between episodes four between episodes five and six Darth Vader slaw them all in the war of the bounty hunters event and he killed the hot council so yeah that was a bad day for everybody involved yeah so uh yeah th that's probably why they're not really banking on going back to Tatooine anytime soon I like they could change in later in the series but yeah, we get a band playing at this casino area, and Boba Fett takes off his helmet with Rennick, and they say, we're not here for business, we have business regards to Fripp, and the Twi'leks go ahead and take their helmets, and Frenick initially denies having her helmet clean, but Boba Fett goes ahead and tells them to take it anyway so you can have them clean, and then he just jokes after Frenick said this earlier, saying, things will go a lot smoother if you accept their ways. <laughs> what a witty banter from Boba Fett being sarcastic and trying to miss her off. So, yeah. The lead, the, the mistress of the casino, oh, also known as the Sanctuary, goes ahead and basically, yeah. She assumed she wasn't, um, she assumed he wasn't a, the boss of the, of the underworld, because he wasn't carried on a litter, on a litter, uh, on a liter. And I'm that guy that's like, yeah, except uh, he's not, he's not the huts. And I walk on my own two feet. Apologies. I'm just here to introduce myself and assure you that your business will continue to thrive under my watchful eye. Hey, why, thank you, Lord Fett. They get the helmets back after she gives them their welcomings things and reveals. Yeah, there's coins, there's money underneath the helmets. It's as payment for, you know, their tribute. So, at least they look shinier than mine, as Frenick says. And Boba Fett says we got a lot of ground to cover if we are to keep this empire intact. And Phoenix goes ahead and, well, says, if I may, and Boba says, speak freely. In difficult times, fear is a sure bet. After Boba Fett priorly said, Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. And I was like, why not both? Because he does go crazy when he's attacked by a bunch of guards, by a bunch of weapon wielders with shields and electric batons staff, electro-staffs, and, well, they start fighting, chaos is, is enshrouded, 
and Boba Fett loses his money, so naturally that's probably gonna piss him off. And because Frenick Shaw needed to be proven that she was wrong, the Gamoran guards save the day and kick their asses, along with Frenick and Boba kicking their asses. So it's four against eight. So uh, I say the numbers are in Boba Fett's favor because they have Boba Fett and Frenick. So yeah, the Gamorans actually do pretty well. I thought for sure they were gonna get killed. Instead, they're instead, they're actually kicking ass and taking kills. I, that honestly surprised me because I was honestly expecting them to die. Or, you know, betray them, but nope. Boba Fett just goes ahead and decapitates one of an Electro Staff, one of the attackers, and, well... Yeah. Yeah, Boba's kicking their ass, and Frenick's kicking their ass, the Gamorans are kicking their ass, until, well, Boba's taken down and he's hurt, because, you know, physically, while he is looking like he's healthy, he is still dealing with injuries that are long-lasting, and to make sure that they understand what they're messing with, he fires a rocket at them, and blows one up. Yeah, we never see the body... Because in, even though this show is rated TV-14, it doesn't carry the same blood and gut stuff because that's TVMA and we can't have blood in the Star Wars universe. Wait. So yeah, Frenet goes ahead and tell, is told by Boba, keep one alive, you can kill the others basically. As the Gamorans get told, get me to the back to pod. So we get an awesome chase scene, and as Frenick and the guards get their acrobatic stunts in, and when it looks like she loses them when she falls off, she goes ahead and kicks their asses, and, well, when she has two of them, she's like, huh, I need a, Boba Fett said to keep one alive, to get one, to get them alive, but I only need one, so, uh, what if you use a dead man? And she probably kicks the one on the right off the off the ledge and probably gives death. As the other one is like, I'm so fucked. And the Gamoras go ahead and rush Boba Fett to to his pot back to pod and to help him recover from his from his pain. And yeah, surprisingly the Gamorans are actually the most noble out of this because they don't have to kill him or anything. Yeah, they don't do anything to him. They don't try and kill him. They don't try to sabotage him. They were like, okay, that's our boss. We gotta put him in the back to take. So yeah, Boba Fett goes back into his dream world of memories and we see him going ahead being awakened by one of the Tuscan children and, and, she, and the child lets him go along with the Rodian and yeah, they go ahead and travel for a bit across the desert and change because that's a healthy habit. After we see that the child took them to a route where a gang group is attacking, well, if I'm correct on this, I'm pretty sure it's the guy from the Mandalorian series that was, that donned his armor. I, I might be wrong here. So, yeah, there's that connectivity they did. And how he's robbed and, well, he gets lost of his all stuff. And the Tuscan child tells him, dig. Dig for water. And Boba Fett then just says no hard feelings to the uh, massive creature. And yeah, they start fighting drinks. Boba finds his own drink and tries to drink it only to grab the stick when the Tuscan child does to strike him down. Oh, and he just says, I need water. 
And then after the child, after he gives it to the child, after he had his drink, he says, I would like a drink. The child being, well, the child, well, because children are devils these days, in my honest opinion, he dumps it on the floor, on the sand. And then because, of course, the child decides to, I'm going to take a nap with my guard dog and uh, you two continue digging and I'm going to suspect nothing bad's going to happen. And Boba just says, we could have both escaped if you didn't sound the alarm. And Boba that uh, naturally threatens to say, uh, I would could also strangle you with this chain and feed you your leg to the watchdog. And the roadie gets pissed. Oh, you understand that, huh? Keep it down. So he tries to tell them that we can get out of here, we can survive, only for the Rodian to find um, something big. And yeah, bad idea. It awakens, and the Rodian is naturally going to be killed. So yeah. So what did they unleash from the desert? <laughs> they unleashed Alien Gordo! No, seriously, th that's the vibe I was getting. I was like, ah, so that's Alien Gordo. Gotcha. That's Tatooine's version of Gordo from Mortal Kombat. He's here to bite and kick ass and strangle. And yeah, he's kicking everybody's asses, the Rodian. Even the child gets a shot at his leg. And he goes to try and kill the kid, but yeah, Boba Fett saves the day and strangles him to death. And then after he strangles it, he goes ahead and stands triumphantly on the on top of the dead creature. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, uh, if this was Marvel, if this was a Marvel movie or a TV show, I would honestly suspect him saying, "I would really like that drink now." And thus ruined the vibe we were getting with the badassery because it just doesn't fit the Star Wars universe. But surprisingly, luckily, they don't do that. Instead, they just have him be badass with the chains. It's like, yeah, let's not piss this guy off. And even the Tuscan kid looks to be impressed. Aww. If only you could. And then he's carrying the head of the decapitated Gordo alien. And I'm that guy that's like. Oh, look at that kid hellishly holding a dead corpse's head that he decapitated most likely and presents it to his people. So he goes ahead and narrates basically what happened as the Tuscan boss chief goes ahead and, well, gives him the drink he wanted. So it seems like he's earned the respect of, of the Tuscans for that. But, uh... Yeah, <laughs> that's the end of the first chapter of this event, and yeah, it was pretty insane for the most part. Yeah, I he doesn't go much into the mob stuff other than the tribute stuff he's doing, but yeah, I really enjoyed this, and I loved loved this episode, especially how Boba Fett just comes off as awesome and badass, and also betraying the vulnerability of. Basically, yeah, even though he's the badass, uh, he can also be, he's also human flesh. So, yeah, he can also, he's also capable of injury. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Return of the Jedi showcase he's also kind of dumb when he got knocked on his jetpack and fell into the Starlight Pit, but that, because, uh, Boba Fett, because, uh, Han Solo knocked him down. 
I actually was thinking, will Han Solo, or at least a version of him, show up in this? Like him, and like I know Harrison Ford probably done with it, but you know, we have technology now, and we did with the Luke thing. So imagine if Han Solo shows up in this in, near the end of the show of the season, and he's all and he's like, "Hey, Boba," and Boba's like, "You knocked me in the Sarlacc pit. I still have that stab wound you gave me. I'd be mean to give it back, and whatnot." <laughs> oh man, something like that. But like, yeah, considering what he went through because I'm so inadvertently knocked him into the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they have this mafia like moment where he's just like, like I still have that. I still remember being trapped in a strike pet because of you. I mean to give some justice back, essentially. And well, yeah, I'm honestly expecting Han Solo to show up probably. But yeah, Finnick is also awesome in this. And like I said, Fen the actress who plays Finnick. Okay, I'm still amazed how by the actress, by the actress and how she's able to move around. And she's like 58. She's 58 years old. She's nearing, she's nearing 60, and yet she's, and yet she's able to move like that and look like she's in her 30s. And I'm like, what? And then I was like, I feel like I also remember her from somewhere. So yeah, it turns out that she also, the actress also played Dr. Aki Ross, Aki Ross from Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. I would never have known that. And then she was also Mulan as the esteemed guest. And also Fa Mulan in the in the animates in the movies. So in the animated movies by Disney. Just something you accept, except, and she also was in Street Fighter as Chun Li, Lee in the 1994 film. So yeah, she has a very extensive career, and she gets to kick ass and take names. Uh, and then I was like, wait, I also seen her in live action. I feel like I've seen her from somewhere in live action. So then I looked it up, and I was like, wait, she was in Agents of Shield. She's the agent Melody May? Holy crap! So yeah, she has a very extensive catalog of entertainment. So, yeah. And she was even in George Lopez as Professor Tracy Lim. And I was like, wait, man! She's been in a lot of properties I, I, I loved watching as a kid. She even was, uh... She was even in Star Wars as Detective Ellen Yin in the Batman animated series. And I'm talking about the 2004-2005 series. I'm like, ah oh, man, she has a lot of stuff in her catalog. Yeah, it was awesome to learn all that about her. About the actress Ming Nguyen. If I put butcher that name, I'm sorry. And... So yeah, it's kind of it's awesome to see her around and doing this badass role as Finnick Shad. But so 
she's also part cyborg because parts of her body were replaced um, with uh, cybernetics due to uh, you know nearly dying at the end of at the end of chapter five, the gunslinger of the Mandalorian. Yeah. So that was a, probably a bad day for her. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. So I'm loving all this. I can't wait um, to see what's next for the book for the book of Boba Fett and for the adventures of Boba Lord Boba Fett and Finnick Shot and their adventure in the criminal underworld, well, and how they go about kicking ass. So we'll see how that goes. This was Neo Reality Collective. Stay tuned for more. I'll see y'all next time. Here's our final ad break for today and the outro. See y'all next time. Take care. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.